It was the dawn of the podcast age, 12 years before the Earth pandemic. A dream was given form, a place where science fiction and fantasy readers could work out their differences peacefully. Our last best hope for a good read. The name of the podcast is Sword and Laser. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. So my dog is mistaken, Veronica. How so? How so this the way time? We used to, this time, the way we used to record the show is that we would each record our own side, which meant we had to clap. And so... <sighs> We generally would say, okay, let's start the show, three, two, and then clap. Ray doesn't like it when we clap, so she would get up and come over to look at me and get, you know, scratched behind the ears to reassure her that the clapping was fine. When we said, even though we're not clapping anymore, when we said it's time for the show, three, two, one, she got up and walked over. She's like, well, I can still get the ear scratches, even if they don't You know, I did did realize we do clap also, because even though this version goes on YouTube and we, we do have the mixed down version. We do give the separate audio tracks to Jim to edit. So he does but still it has need to its clap. own Riverside think thinking thing. What? Like it has its own Riverside syncs it for him. I think, I think well, it, it, mm. it makes sure to put the tracks like exactly the same. Whereas when we were recording ourselves, we would be starting them at different times. I see what you mean. So the tracks start, they're already synced. Exactly. Even yeah, though they're yeah. separate tracks, they're, yeah, Thank I gotcha. You. Those were the English words I was looking to put in that order. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. So we haven't done Jim Dirty and we're good to go. So Tom, what are you, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, strangely enough, I'm drinking unspiked eggnog. How seasonally appropriate of you. It's seasonally appropriate to drink eggnog. It's unusual that it would not be spiked. It's just, You're just, just, the, just the eggnog. Chugging no rum, that nog, no whiskey. Huh? Yep, yep. Just, just a nice. I'm actually almost done with it because I didn't pour too much. It's very rich. Good stuff, well, though. I love eggnog. It's really just. It's like egg cream. It's like thick, a little, a little sugary dairy, egg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's thick, sugary, and nutmeg. You know. There was another very drink that I dream. learned about recently that I haven't heard about before. It's another seasonal drink. A smoking bishop. No, but now I want that. What is that? What, that, what is that all about? <laughs> I feel like that's like a hot wine, like a mold wine kind of thing. It's, I like it's those. referenced in a Christmas Carol. No, uh, oh. I made it one year. I think it has to do with oranges. Like you boil oranges in wine with cloves. I don't know. That's a thing. I think it's something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I have had similar similar drinks before. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had any seasonally appropriate beverages in a while, so maybe I need to to get moving on that once the uh, winter break comes at work. What what are you what are you drinking? I'm just drinking water tonight. Oh, seasonally just boring. I mean, uh, uh, water is appropriate anytime. Yeah, it's like it the is bl- raining, little black so dress of drinks. It's weather appropriate because mm-hmm. it's also falling There's from the plenty sky. Of water falling from the sky, so yeah, you're not. That's the joke. You're not taking water away from the environment. For once. All right. Well, that was riveting on my end. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Let's jump into the quick burns. Ruth uh, passed along the Goodreads Choice winners had been announced. Best Fantasy went to A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. 
Best Science Fiction went to Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. And Ruth pointed out a couple other categories of interest to Sort and Laser folks. Best Horror went to The Final Girls Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Best Nonfiction went to The Anthropocene Reviewed by John mm. Green. Yes, the fault in our stars, John Green. Best Graphic Novel went to Lore Olympus Volume 1 by Rachel Smythe. And Best Young Adult Fantasy went to Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. Amazing. I voted for... Uh, where is my vote? Oh, hmm. I, I, it's not showing me what I voted for. I know I voted. I'm signed in and everything. Anyhow, um, secret ballot. They don't want secret ballot. They don't want you to remember. I feel like this doesn't matter at all. Oh well. Anywho, I've only read like one of these. So, like, I'm just gonna say I voted for the winners. It's possible that I voted for our current pick because that I think is the only one I've was in the process of reading. Divina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For fantasy anyway. Very cool. Um, you know, always just adds more and more things to to my to be read list. So I, I love getting new suggestions. Oh, we're going to be beefing people's to be read list up today. There's a there's a lot of year end lists. So buckle Indeed. up. Indeed. Uh, Jan says Lit Hub has released their list of best reviewed science fiction, fantasy and horror books of 2021. The site pulled reviews from more than 150 sources to get their list. And the top five are Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, uh, Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Durr, uh, Burn, Burnt Coat by Sarah Hall, Harrow by Joy Williams, and The Dangers of Smoking in Bed by Mariana Enriquez. Yeah, the Clara and the Sun, uh, I have been seeing mentioned in a lot of places. So that's that's definitely on, on my radar. Man, you know, going back to the Goodreads Choice one, I, I'm really... I, I'm kind of kicking myself for not having read Project Hail Mary yet, um, because I know that one, that one's supposed to be great. And I forgot to mention, uh, the Anthropocene Reviewed is a great podcast. I don't know if you've, have you listened to it yet, Tom? No, I haven't. It's really good. He he just reviews, like, things. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's like stuff, like random stuff. Uh-huh. Like he does um, reviews of paper clips or, you know, just... I'm trying to, I can't remember a good example. Um, shopping at Kohl's. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some really funny ones, but he Bicycles, was, he's, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty great. Yeah. I think I've heard of this. This, this sounds familiar. Um, yeah, I haven't been doing anything but reading Pandora star. If I'm not reading Orchidia Divina, I'm doing the same. Yeah. As a reminder, Pandora star just all 40 hours of it or whatever, uh, is our March pick. We are, we have, we have let people know ahead of time. If you're new to the show, our March pick is Pandora star by Peter F. Hamilton because it's very long. So we wanted to give everyone advance notice that our, that's our March pick. Haven't picked our January pick. Certainly haven't picked our February pick, but we do know our March pick Pandora star. I just want to give you some examples now that I've looked it up of things that John Green has reviewed. Um, the most recent episode, or actually uh, the September 24th episode from 2020 was Plague. Um, so that mm. was timely. You're probably and a bad review. Probably, yeah. And then, um, let's see, he reviewed Monopoly, an academic mm-hmm. decathlon, which is, I believe, is okay. an episode I listened to. And um, Velociraptors. Mm. I wonder how they scored. Yeah. Probably pretty well. Probably pretty yeah. well. So just to give you a little taste of the kinds of things that he reviews. 
Well, we have lots more lists to get through. Paul mentioned the New York Times has its list of best science fiction and fantasy of the year, and it's curated by Amal El-Matar, co-author of How to Lose the Time War, among many other things. Uh, so I'll be honest. I saw New York Times and I was like, hmm. I saw huh? Amal El-Matar. I'm like, oh, okay, hey, you, got me. you got me back. You're like, legit. <laughs> uh, That's legit now. It's got quite a lot of picks uh, that Paul says he hadn't seen on other best of lists. And her book descriptions are so poetic and compelling that I might just end up adding the whole list to my TBR. Uh, I have not actually dug dug in and read this yet because I just saw it earlier today. Uh, the absolute book by Elizabeth Knox is is top of the list, uh, but it goes it goes on and on and on. And yeah, uh, Amal Matar is a great writer, so. Uh, I can't imagine you won't be convinced to add every single one of these to your list after she tells you about them. All right. And then to add another list to our list of lists, uh, Zomino says the end of the year list keep coming. Best sci-fi of 2021 from Polygon. And Trike writes, um, some choices I'm 100% on board with, such as Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir and The Hidden Palace by Helene Wecker. And the other ones on the list that I've read aren't anywhere i'm like gotta get out of here with your broke sorry i read this wrong okay and of the other ones on the list that i've read there aren't anywhere i'm like get out of here with your broken taste the way some of these lists end up (laughs) well trike i'm glad polygon has met your expectations we will we will let nicole clark sadie jenis and tasha robinson know that you approve excellent and there were also, I guess, book lists from The Guardian UK um, based on several Reddit mentions that were also added over here. Yeah. Underneath. Uh, I was just going to mention, I I, I kind of like the Polygon list as well. It it has a lot. I mean, it has Leviathan Falls. It has Becky Chambers, a song for the Wild Bill. Like, not a lot of surprises on this one for me, but definitely I can agree, like, weigh in as well. It's also got Clara and the Sun, yeah. Armut 1917 and Louie, both in different places, one on Discord, one on, on Goodreads, noted the story from The Hollywood Reporter. And now I'm wondering, is Armut, are you also Louie? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Denis Villeneuve is on a roll, uh, set to adapt the Arthur C. Clarke classic Rendezvous with Rama with Morgan Freeman as producer who previously held the rights to the novel. And Armut's like, yes, that those are both me. So yeah, okay, good. Oh, makes sense. Were they written exactly the same way? No, they weren't. One was just a Discord link, and the other one was the the sort of like, hey, I'm telling you more about it with Morgan Freeman, etc. Well, now I want to know what Armut stands for because I always thought that his name was like Robert Robert Mutt. Robert Mutt, and he was born in 1917. <laughs> now yeah. I want it to be Robert J. Mutt. I don't know yeah. why. I had no Esquire. indication. Yeah. But on Goodreads, he goes by a different name. Confusing. Not his super, real name, which is confusing. Robert um, but anyway, yeah. Rendezvous with Rama. Uh, classic. Arthur C. Clarke. Kind of in the challenging realm of, hey, do a sequel to Blade Runner. Hey, remake Dune. Uh, no one's ever made this into a movie kind of situation. So I, I, I have to say after having been impressed by Blaine Rudder 2049 and and Dune I'm um, I'm up for it. Let's see what Denis Villeneuve can do. Let's see what Dennis Villages with, with this. Yeah. Does for this one. Um yeah, I I remember vaguely Morgan Freeman uh owning the rights to that. So this is kind of cool that now something gets to come of it. Very cool. 
Mark yeah. says that Tor.com announced the table of contents for some of the best from Tor.com 2021. The collection contains 22 SF&F short stories and novelettes published at Tor.com in 2021. All of the stories are free to read at Tor.com, and the collection will be free as well and will be published as an ebook at all the usual ebook vendors on January 25th, 2022. Oh, thank you, Mark. Good. To know, nice and and some some nice uh, nice names in there. Good good stuff in there. Armut nineteen seventeen is a Marcel Duchamp art piece. Now I feel uncultured. Great. Just kidding. Well, so you're not yogurt. I deserved that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did deserve that. More Mark, go ahead. Ah, the Sunday Morning Transport is a newsletter that will begin publishing weekly speculative short fiction starting in January 2022. Thetransport.substack.com. Uh, Julian Yap, founder of Serial Box and Realm, is editor-in-chief. Fran Wild is managing hmm. editor. Uh, we read her novel Updraft a few years ago. Some of the authors who are writing for SMT are Max Gladstone, Karen Lord, Elwyn Cotman, Keej Johnson, Kat Howard, Elsa Sunnison, Kathleen Jennings, Sarah Monette, Juan Martinez, E.C. Myers, Maureen McHugh, Tessa Gratton, <laughs> uh, Tessa Gratton, Sarah Pinsker, Yoon Ha Lee, Michael Swanwick, Brian Slattery, Malka Older. Those are just some. Uh, subscriptions will be $7 a month or $70 a year U.S. There's also a free subscription level. Free subscribers receive one story a month. Paid subscribers receive a story every week. Why is Malka Older haunting me? I feel what Malka is haunting you. Yeah. They're just, they keep showing up in all of my podcasts and all of my stuff. Oh, really? Okay. The the name is, is haunting me. Malka older is trying to tell you something. You need to listen, open your, open your ears, but don't knock your mic over. I knocked my mic over. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was a very uncultured kefir thing for me to do. Yogurt. All right, well, let's uh, hop into Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Um, Rob posted to say thanks to 34 donors, we've had our best year yet over at World Builders. Not only did we break our previous high of 30 donors, but we also broke our previous donation amount by just over $450 for a grand total of 6203 So thank you so much to everyone who donated to our team. Thank you, Rob, for spearheading this. Uh, I always feel like like Rob is just just out there like doing the good fight uh, for us on this. So all credit to Rob for rustling this up and to the donors uh, who who pushed it up. Thank you uh, all for a good cause. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tomahome 2000 on uh, Twitter <laughs> wrote idea for a future show title Pillow Friends. There's definitely, uh, I'm noticing a push for Pillow Friends to be a title. I'm not sure if that's um, relevant to something we discussed in the past or if it's just a non sequitur that we're, we're, that we're going with. I don't know if it feels right today. I don't know yet. We'll have to see by the end of the show. Um, oh, Wheel of Time is from Wheel of Time. Mm, pillow Friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it should be the North Bay. Oh, my gosh. I saw the funniest thing. Tom. Oh yeah. my gosh. Are you watching you the Wheel see? of Time show? I haven't started yet. All right. I'll have to tell you later. I don't think it's appropriate. <laughs> it has to do with the geography of Tarvalon. In front of everyone. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> it has to do 
do with a certain comment that uh, I, a blue sister made to a red sister about meeting someone in a certain bay up north of Tarvalon and um, where that bay actually is located and why ah. the red sister would be motivated to go visit someone even though their sisterhood is very opposed to being around men. Okay. All right. I, I, I await understanding. I will send you the TikTok video later. All right. Mark says, uh, sword and laser, steampunk and synthwave computer created art. I have no idea what these images are based on, but they're kind of interesting. This is, I have been seeing a lot of computer generated art recently. And so I thought this one was, uh, was actually on the better end of the spectrum. Um, Oh, that's so cool. So you enter in like a, um, like a prompt and the, the AI comes up with, with ideas for what they think it would look like. So they entered sword and laser and we got a very 1990s era science fiction and fantasy cover. That's kind of steampunky sword machinery looking. It's really cool. It's super cool. cool. They're both cool. One's yeah, one's very steampunk. The other looking. one's more lasery than the other than the steampunky one. Very, very. And I wonder if the difference is like one was lowercase sword and laser, and the other one was uppercase mm. sword and laser. I wonder. Is yeah, that I don't yeah. know. Pretty, That's pretty cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll be using that for our next anthology coming in 2050. <laughs> is uh, the next sword and laser anthology the new spectacle fest? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> it will be. That's. We'll announce it at the next Spectacle Fest. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, and you if know. If you don't know, BuzztownArchive.com now has the entire run of Buzz Out Loud, and you can oh relive it. Amazing. I. You know. I honestly, I don't have a lot um, in the Book of the Month discussion thread right now. Um, Eleanor posted about uh, just started reading it. This was over on the Discord um, or really listening to the audiobook. So, if someone else has problems following along with all the members of the family, I found the family tree on the author's website. Um, and I'm sorry, I should have prompted this by saying uh, what book we are reading. In case you're you're just uh, catching up, we are reading the Inheritance of Orgiria Divinia um, by uh, Zoreta uh, Cordova um, and. Yeah, we're about halfway through or should be approximately their boots. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of family members. Gidea has has a, a, a wide branching family tree. So if you were confused or if you just needed a little uh, catch up, um, about halfway down the website that I'm going to link to um, is the family tree. So you can kind of see where everyone fits in with everyone else. Um, and I found that very helpful. This is extraordinarily helpful, uh, yeah. especially in the early part of the the book mm-hmm. i got very i i gave up i'm like i can't keep track of all these cousins i felt the way i felt the first time i was at a funeral that had all of eileen's family <laughs> and they were like mm-hmm. all there at once because this was also not exactly a funeral, but it was that same, like, okay, everybody's gathering all at once. And you're just, you as the reader are being introduced to everyone. You're like, I can't keep track. I can't keep track. There's too many people. Um, so I, yeah, I, I felt 
I felt that same feeling of like, oh no, I'm never going to remember all these names. Plus I didn't even have faces to go with in this case, at least right. in real life. I could be like, okay, that's the person with the Lakers Jersey. And uh, you know, like you could, you could, you could try to like attach images uh, in your mind here. You're just going on like, okay, that's the one that works at the book publisher and that's the financial one. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's uh, extremely helpful to, to have this in the early going for me. I didn't, didn't see this until too late. Uh, I, I sort of like caught up. I think, I think, uh, Zoraida de Cordova, um, Zoraida Cordova does a good job of giving you clues, like knowing like, yeah, you're not going to remember all these names. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll drop a clue in. So you're like, Oh, that, that it's that cousin. Oh, it's that person. So I did catch up eventually, but it would have been nice to have this at the beginning. So if you're not too far into it, you'll definitely want to check this out. Yeah, I'm I'm not super far. Um, actually, I'm not sure, but I, I think this will be useful regardless. Um, but I was happy, happy to see it. So thank you very much, Eleonora. Very cool. So how are you? So you finished the book. I have. Yes, I finished it. And I, I said this in the discord. I have very nuanced feelings about where I personally categorize it. Mm-hmm. Um. Zoraida de Cordova has said unequivocally she considers it fantasy. It's it, it's fantasy. Um, so that that is sort of you know that's kind of the to me that's the last word on whether it is or isn't fantasy. But reading it, I kept thinking of it more along the lines of reading Isabel Allende, Gar- Gabriel Garcia Marquez. She's very much cultivating sort of that same atmosphere, and and I didn't get a super fantasy feeling all the time. And Hmm. this is not a, and so I don't think it's fantasy. This is like, uh, is my own expectation and what I'm bringing to it, getting in the way of me, like having a richer experience of it, or is it fine? It's like, Hey, you know what? Isabella and is fantasy too. Like get over yourself, Merritt. It's totally fine. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, I immediately just felt like it was fantasy. I, I don't think it's spoilery to say, but the way that Orgidia was um, was sending out her invitations, <laughs> you know, it was pretty clear that there was magic involved. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like? And it, it's it's does totally it not a feel magical thing, enough for you? Or does by it... the by the numbers, mm-hmm. if I start talking about the things, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a fantasy element. That's a fantasy element. My gosh, that's actually a sci-fi element. But okay, you know, bring it on in. Like you you get all of it on on paper. It was just that that atmosphere that that feeling that that gut feeling. If someone said, "Is this fantasy?" I wouldn't have immediately said, "Oh yes." And I think I think I need to break down my own. Uh, my own categorizations beca- mm. to to get over that. Does does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I can I can kind of see that. I think it feels um to me like well, you know, it, it's kind of funny that I just read Mexican Gothic as well um by uh, Silvia Moreno Garcia. So I I'm feeling a lot of similar vibes of like not only this the the well, it's not the same setting at all, really. No. But I think it's it's got something in the vibe of the the magic that is part of the the world that is accepted by the members of the family that are involved with it, but it's not a part of the larger world, so it's not like um it's not like a like magical realism or fantastic realism where you're kind of like 
or urban fantasy even where, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, magic or these elements are part of the world and everyone lives in it and just kind of accepts it. It's like, oh no, this is only, this is a very small part of like a little of like one family's perspective. And I don't know, it, it feels similar to me in that regard. Also female driven stories. I think I know what it is because none of the other books we've read in the past several years have struck me this way. And there, there've been books from lots of different backgrounds and cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia Moreno does not uh, give me that same feeling. I think what it is, is the historical aspect of it, the historical aspect. And I, I feel like maybe she did this on purpose. The historical aspect in Ecuador when Orquidia is young feels more like one of those Allende type magical realism stories, right? Speaking to the crocodile, mm-hmm. the, the the river god, et cetera. That part of it to me is like, is, is what I'm reacting to. Whereas the, you're right. The modern stuff, the way people get invited, all of that sort of thing, uh, that, that story, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm back to, you know, one of our previous books where it's like, it's modern, Maybe and maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just the historical stuff is so well done that I'm like, no, this this part of the story goes in that category, and I just need to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you 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 don't stop thinking something sci-fi because it feels a little H.G. Wells. There's no reason to to feel this is less fantasy if it's a little bit Allende. Curious what our listeners think too. Um, if you how, how would you categorize this? If if you weren't reading this for Sword and Laser, would you have? selected it as a fantasy book would you have selected it just as a novel not just as a novel but you know how would you have described it to someone who hadn't read it before if you were not listening to it as part or reading it as part of sword and laser curious to know send us a tweet at sword and laser let us know um we'll talk about them on the next episode when we do the wrap-up kind of worried i'm not going to finish in time really yeah i blazed through this I know. I just, I, I've been so busy and work has been so crazy that I haven't really had a chance to just not enough to read. Um, we're going to have to look at the schedule to see when the wrap up episode is supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, folks, we may not get to the wrap up episode to January cause we got holidays coming up. We'll let you know for sure though. Keep an eye yeah, on the discord. Totally. Well, the next episode's supposed to be the 29th. So it, it kind of fits in the middle. So depending on, on our availability and schedules and whatnot, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll bounce it up a week. Uh, I'm trying to find the, the, uh, oh, Alatsoe. Alatsoe. Oh, good the, one. The modern parts of Orchidea mm-hmm. remind me of Alatsoe. And I totally think of Alatsoe as fantasy um, by Darcy Little Badger. Whereas the, the Ecuador stuff, the stuff that happened in the past, that's, that feels more, more on the magical realism side of things. But I think that's intentional. I think that means it's working. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I, I like that it's subtle. I like that it's subtle and, and mm, kind of yeah. baked into the world. Yeah, absolutely. None of what I'm talking about is a criticism. It was just something yeah. I, I, I noticed. And and when I'd hear people say fantasy, I'd, I'd stop and go, oh, well, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and then I found out that that she very clearly thinks it is. Some authors, you know, resist the categorization. Some don't. Cordova uh, is fine with it, is like seems seems to be enthusiastic about it, So which is good. Yeah, it was so funny when you texted me the other day and you were like, is this fantasy? How would you describe this? And I was like, oh, I haven't even thought of it any other way. So it was so interesting to kind of have that question posed that way. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I wish I was a little further along, but 
I, I love the storytelling. Um, there was some discussion on the forums about the kind of non-linear storytelling. Um, and frankly, in the audiobook, I didn't, I, I guess technically it is non-linear because there's like flashbacks, but I always thought of them just as being flashbacks and yeah. as part of the linear story. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that didn't and phase me flashbacks either. Flashbacks are non-linear. So, right. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't like one of those things where like the first season of the Witcher, where it's very confusing on the, t- on the TV show. Because no, it feels I was never, like- I was never confused. Cause I, you, you always are pretty clear where you are and who you're talking about. So, you know, speaking if, if a of young the girl Witcher. named Arcadia shows up, <laughs> you know, it's in the past. Right. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the Witcher. New Witcher comes out this week. It does. Well, I will it toss does. a coin to toss my Witcher. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Oh, oh, I, I think that's fair use right there. Otherwise, we could, we're could going to have to pay a mechanical royalty for your performance. Ah, I love that show. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I know. I know. I totally like did a whole rat hole there of a different subject line, but... <laughs> I'm super stoked. I literally have been waiting like December 17th has been burned into my brain for like since the summer. It's like as soon as I found out what the release date was, I was like, yeah, I know that Felicia went to the London premiere for The Witcher and I know that she's hosting their podcast, whatever. It's amazing. Tamahome wrote, Siri will kick some ass, to which Zomino wrote, hey, Siri, kick some ass. And I apologize for setting off anyone's Siri. I definitely set off my own. Oh, shouldn't right. have set off anyone else's, but it's fine. It definitely. Is. All right. Well, I think that's that's our episode. Um, unless you have other stuff you want to talk about about uh, the book for right now, no, I'm just I getting caught I, up without your, ahead getting of me. spoilery. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I would say without getting spoilery. Other than uh, the more I read, the more I liked it, and that's why I finished it because I just kept kept forging ahead, uh, wanting more and more. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Um, where is my rundown? Our show is currently entirely funded by your patrons. Thank you so much to all of you who back our show. If you want to help us out, you can head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And of course, all of our discussions are always happening over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you soon. We'll let you know when the next podcast is coming, either on Discord or on the forums, just to give you a heads up. See you then. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!